Hey, good morning. I, I, and I just love this church family, and it's just so exciting the way we rally around sharing the heart of Jesus. And just to underline what Daryl said earlier, man, it's just beautiful to see people donating clothes. I never saw clothes get put together so quickly. Monday I came in, and it was just already organized. Uh, just must have been a beautiful team Sunday evening. And getting around to some of the light the night stations, just exciting to think of the hundreds of kids that are, are uh, you know, getting hot dogs and, and hot chocolate and candy, but also the hope of the gospel. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. And the video last week about Operation Christmas Child, my goodness, uh, in second service, I really, my heart connected to it. And the thought of those packages reaching remote areas and bringing the gospel and necessary supplies uh, to kids around the world, you know, often we get frustrated. What can I do? And boy, there's so many little things we can do that touch one life at a time. And so thank you, church family, for for being a, a body of believers who want to share uh, the heart of Jesus. We're in a relationship series, and uh, I want to also underline that, boy, there's just a good session going on after this service in the fellowship hall. If you're able to stay for that, I really encourage you to do so. Communication is so incredibly important. Uh, I, I have a good marriage, and, and I'm so thankful for many people to say, you and Diane set such a good example uh, for the church. And, and, uh, but we even, and we're just still growing. I love what was said and shared. You know, it doesn't matter how many years we're married, communication is so vital and, and so hard. I, I didn't even bring up the topic of the questions until sat, Saturday morning. And uh, <laughs> Diane just looked at me and said, oh, you waited till the 11th hour. And... Uh, <laughs> And so finally, Saturday evening, we took a little time uh, to chat, and we're in process. And I totally get a lot of you having those conversations, not sharing them, uh, because, you know, some of that we shouldn't be sharing in front of everybody. And, uh, but just know, uh, every time that we take time to communicate, there are clarifications to things that are so important, and the intimacy of our marriages are not going to grow without that kind of ongoing communication, and yet it is really hard and I, really hard to have those talks. So continue to have those talks. Um, you know, this morning on the way to church, uh, the sun was breaking through a little bit, but it was mostly cloudy. And I was looking at all the trees with the changing colors, and a lot of leaves are coming down now. And honestly, without the sunshine shining on those trees, uh, it looked kind of gloomy, and it looked more like dead leaves <laughs> about ready to fall and it didn't look really too spectacular and then uh, as I was where uh, Freeport meets uh, 343 uh, the sun was breaking through the hillside across and oh my goodness those leaves were just lit up and brilliant and breathtaking and beautiful and, and, and it just made me think in that moment that you know, we are, we are dying people. <laughs> we are those leaves uh, on that tree. And uh, because of the fall, uh, because of our disobedience, uh, that's just the state that our bodies are in. And, and for a lot of us, we, we struggle in our marriages. And, you know, you could be sitting here today and say that, you know, I, it's not great. It's not what I wish it would or could be. And, uh, and yet, boy, when the light of Jesus... <laughs> the one who is the I am, <laughs> shines down 
on those leaves on us as broken people, imperfect people with imperfect relationships, those relationships can shine brightly and be incredibly beautiful. So I wanna encourage you uh, to allow Christ to shine upon you and your relationship no matter where it's at. And he can take something that looks dead and gloomy and turn it into something brilliant and beautiful. And, and in that process, we start accomplishing the causes that God even you know, laid out for marriage uh, for us, things to accomplish. A uh, quick review, last week we looked in Ephesians chapter 5 and in verse 21 that our marriages can show the world that Christ is worthy of reverent love. In verse 25, it says, Husbands, uh, the way we love our wives can show the world how much Jesus loves them. And then in verse 32, our marriages can show the world the closely connected, the personal relationship that they can have with Christ. And so there, there are great causes that, that God has placed within our marriages, purposes, and, and all good teams, whether it's in the business world or on the sports field, good teams that really accomplish a lot, they come together for a common cause. And God has given us some really big causes that we can rally around and say, even though this marriage is difficult, man, there's some important things that need to be accomplished. Now, now I, I often take time to evaluate uh, when I share on a Sunday morning and, and Sunday afternoon and Monday morning, uh, I kept having a thought. Uh, I thought, you know, these big causes are really, really important and uh, they're foundational. And yet I also could think, you know, I could see people saying, you know, I, that's not that exciting to me about that big cause because I'm, I'm in a marriage right now. I just need help. Give me something practical that I can do that's going to make a difference in my marriage. And, and I just want to urge every one of us here today, you know, all our efforts to build healthy marriages, to have healthy relationships uh, are going to fall far short if we don't rally around God's big causes. And, and uh, when Jesus called people to follow him, they had to decide if they wanted him more than anything else. And many people that followed Jesus, we know from looking in the Gospels, they, they were excited about Jesus and they loved the great works that he did and they recognized that he spoke with an authority that they hadn't heard before and so the masses grew around him. But what happened when Jesus started to lay out who he was and his great causes? Well, what happened is that, that most, almost every Everybody abandoned him at that time. And, you know, if we don't make Jesus number one in our lives, if we don't surrender our lives to him and, and our relationships to him and our marriages to him, all other religious activity will be futile in the long run. In our relationships, first and foremost, we need to surrender our lives to Jesus or, or we'll end up frantically uh, trying to make our marriages, our relations work, but, but we'll always find that those efforts will be short-lived. They will fall short. You know, marriage is under attack, and many marriages are in crisis. And, and so it's, it's sobering and it's crazy to think that, that God would use marriage to, to communicate such 
significant truth as I said earlier, Jesus' love for the church and, and his vital connection to the church. You know, we talked in uh, last week in Ephesians 5, and you know, the topic there is about husbands and wives, it's about marriage, but, but I want to encourage you that if you're single here, the, the principles that we find in Ephesians, we find repeated in other passages of Scripture, and they're repeated in ways that you can apply them to, to any relationship, and it's going to make a positive difference in that relationship, and God really wants our community, the community of believers, and how we relate to each other to be that light that shines and, and shows the world this is who Jesus is, and, and this is the kind of relationship you can have with him. So there's a lot on the line, and, and these principles, married or single, it, it, it applies and, and, and helps us see how we can honor God and connect people to Jesus. And, and so the title of the sermon uh, is called What Love Does. And, you know, so we're going to look at three things of what love does. And, and, and the first one is, I love you so I will sacrifice for you. I love you so I will, keyword, sacrifice for you. Back here in Ephesians 5, starting at verse 25, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. And Jesus knew from eternity past that if we, people like us, were going to be provided a pathway to salvation, that that it would require great sacrifice on his part. It was never about our beauty. It was never about our worthiness because we are sinners. Uh, but Jesus still chose to love us with his unbreakable love. Uh, How did he do that? He sacrificed himself. He gave everything on our behalf. That's what love does in 2 Corinthians 5:21 we can read that Jesus absorbed our sin imperfect people undeserving people he absorbed our sin in fact it says he became sin for us so that we could be declared holy set apart as his forever and so that pathway to salvation and our only hope was a great sacrifice by Jesus even though we did not deserve that sacrifice we did nothing to merit it it was his love his grace his mercy you know in Ephesians chapter 2 and we're going to kind of look at this out of order uh, but starting at verse 6 it says though he was God He did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. And so we see here, what did it require? It required great sacrifice for people who did not deserve it. And, and, and it shows us this is how much Jesus loves the church. This is how much Jesus loves you. No matter what your story is, this is simply what love does. Love sacrifices, get this, 
Love sacrifices for people who simply don't deserve it. And that's all of us. None of us deserve Christ's sacrificial love. And we're all flawed people, and we all have people in our lives that are flawed, who, who desperately need us to love them in sacrificial ways. We are all in relationships, whether it's a marriage relationship, a dating relationship, or friendships. We all know people that are flawed because we're all flawed, and they need us to do what love does, and that is to love them in sacrificial ways. Philippians, that passage we just read, shows he, Jesus, he gave up divine privileges. He didn't cling to them. He, he took on the position of a slave. He allowed himself to be born as a human. All that came with that, other than the sin nature, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on the cross. And all our relationships... All our relationships require sacrifice on our parts. Not just for marriages, but essential in every Christ-centered relationship. Now, jumping back to verse 2 in Philippians 2. This is being spoken not just to married people, it's being spoken to Christians, the body of believers being spoken to each of us. Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one, one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You know, all our relationships here are being called to, to be influenced by the attitude that Jesus modeled when he walked on the face of this earth. Uh, the, the idea that life isn't all about me, it's not all about me winning, it's not all about my selfish interests, uh, it, it's about... It's not always about getting my way, but rather that we have to be willing as we live our lives, knowing we are in relationship, we're flawed, the people that we're relating to are flawed, I mean, we have to be willing to say, I'm going to absorb some of those failures. Christ took my sin upon him. And, and there are people that are, are going to hurt me sometimes. There are people that are going to let me down, flawed people, and yet we've been called to love those people. Now, you know, again, folks, we're never talking about remaining in a relationship where we're being, you know, beat up emotionally, being beat up physically. Uh, you know, we need to seek safety for ourselves and for our families. But in the course of regular relationships that don't come near to that point, th there are just things that we have got to be willing to say, I, for the sake of this relationship and for the great causes of Christ, I need to be prepared to absorb other people's failures the way Jesus absorbed mine to have the same attitude that Christ had. And, you know, in your sermon guide, uh, I think there's a little space left there. Uh, what kinds of relationship sacrifices is God 
currently asking you to make. And, uh, you know, I, I had discussions, and we often do this on Tuesdays. Uh, we talk about the previous sermon as a ministry leader team, and we talk about the upcoming sermon. So, so I ran some of these questions by them. So this is kind of a, an accumulation of some of those thoughts. Uh, you know, what are some of those sacrifice we, sacrifices we might need to make? Uh, you know, one is we can allow others to have a bad day and give them a free pass. Just... We're going to have bad days, and, and we don't have to like, make a battle and a war about it. Just give them a free pass. You had a bad day, uh, you know, I'm not even going to respond to it, and I'm going to give you that, give you that bad day. Uh, secondly, restrain yourself to, give, to be able to give people the space and time that they need. I, folks, this is such a critical thing in any relationship, and especially in a marriage relationship where you're in that same space. Uh, you know, there are things that can upset us, and, you know, we can, you know, often, you know, there's maybe the person offended. Uh, man, they, they just want to get to this, and they want to solve this, and, and, and the more the other person says, no, no, and, and you know, things escalate, and they, they try to get away, the more we press, and often that pressing is out of our own insecurity. We want this fixed now, and, 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 and it is so important in any relationship to, to give that person the time and the space that they need. And honestly, maybe in 15 minutes, they're going to be able to, to have a good discussion about what that issue is. Maybe it's a little bit longer, but, but that's part of the sacrifice. And, and a third one, validate emotions, even when you think behavior is wrong. You know, we're broken, people are broken, and, and, and they're going to respond emotionally to us. And we may not agree with the behavior, but, but we can validate their emotions and say, child, friend, spouse, man, I understand you are really upset. And maybe I don't know where all this emotion is coming from, but I see that it's real. And, 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 I, and I want to understand it. Validate instead of attack. Number four, value things your spouse values, even if they aren't your favorite things. And that can be just, you know, our interests aren't always the same. And, and yet it's so important at times we're willing to say, you know, I'll go and eat that kind of food or, you know, I'll watch that movie or I will go shopping or I will go to that sporting event or whatever it might be be, uh, even if it's not our favorite thing. And, and in small ways, that may seem like a sacrifice, but in a growing relationship, those times can have such value. Number five, forgive them for the hurt they've caused you. And, and boy, when we're hurt, what, you know, that we harbor that, walls go up, anger often comes out, either you know, internally or, or, or overtly, anger builds. And uh, boy, sometimes it just comes down to being willing to forgive people and, and moving on from that situation. Uh, number six, be a student of your loved ones. Seek to know their hearts. And honestly, those questions that we're encouraging you to, to go through are, are ways of being a student of your spouse. You, you're going to learn things that you didn't know before, and there's going to be clarifications and false perceptions are going to be exposed. As, as we learn the behavior, as we're students of those we're in relationship with, it, it should change our behavior for sure. 
one of the staff brought up First uh, Peter chapter three verse seven, where wives are described as the weaker vessels and and weaker than than the men in some ways. And yet we also know that women are stronger than men in some ways. And yet, you know, in any relationship, a marriage relationship, here the, the encouragement is to show understanding, not intimidation. And we're all the weaker ones at times, and, and we all at times need understanding, and we're encouraged, and sometimes that takes, takes sacrifice. So what does love do? Uh, like Jesus, it sacrifices for the good of others. Be thinking about ways in your relationship that, that you can make sacrifices to those friends, uh, to your wife, to your husband. So we're looking at, here's what love does. The second one here is, I love you so I will protect your purity. I love you so I will protect your purity. Uh, Ephesians 5.27 says he did this to present her, his bride, the church to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And so why did Jesus sacrifice? Because he wanted to accomplish something that only he could accomplish. And we saw how he did that both in this verse and in the Philippians passage. He sacrificed himself. He could not, because he is holy, ignore any moral impurity, so that had to be dealt with, that required sacrifice, the goal being that, that we could be presented pure, holy. And so husbands, to, to love our wives as Christ loves the church is to love them with a purifying love, and that's true in any relationship. Scripture speaks about an ultimate celebration that, that we're going to be involved in if we're believers and, and the church will one day be presented to Christ as a pure bride to dwell in his presence, in that relationship, in his love forever. And, and we should we should view our spouses. We should view those that we date. We should view those that we hang with who are our friends. If they're believers, we should view them as brides of Christ. And in Revelation 19.7, we should view them as brides, making themselves ready for the ultimate wedding ceremony, the marriage to the Lamb, the church his bride, the Lamb, Jesus Christ. So in our relationships, in our relationships, how can I bring purity into this relationship? All of our words, all of our actions should be preparing them for this ultimate celebration. And folks, honestly, how tragic is it when our words and our actions end up corrupting or soiling the very bride that Jesus died for, a bride that he died for so they could be presented pure and holy. 
And so we've got to be careful to think about our important relationships and to view those people as, as the brides of Christ and that we should do everything we possibly can to protect their purity and help them prepare and be right for that ceremony. Now, positionally, that's dealt with by Jesus, and we are declared right just because of his righteousness, but we're to conduct ourselves on this earth in ways that, that are consistent with the goals that he has for every believer. You know, what are ways that you can currently protect the purity of those you love? Uh, here's, here's some, a handful. Hope they make sense to you. Uh, help them to see their failures. Don't define them, that it's Jesus that defines them. You know, if, if, if we are defined by our failures and we feel like we are, I was going to use a four-letter C word, and my spell correct came up and say, said, underlines that this may be offensive to the people you're talking to. The C word. So I'm going to say, you're thinking, what is that C word? C-R-A-P. But I'm not going to say it because if my Apple computer told me not to, I, I certainly shouldn't on a Sunday morning. So I'm going to be good. If we allow our failures to define us, if we feel like junk, man, that, that leads to more bad decisions and more failure. And in our loving relationships, a husband to a wife, a wife to a husband, in any loving relationship, it's so important that, that we are communicating that, no, you're not junk, and your failures do not define you. And boy, when those failures have been against us, that's especially important that we communicate that. What are ways you can currently protect the purity of those you love, help them to see themselves as God sees them, and to get a picture and a vision of that? Number two, set boundaries. And boy, this could be a whole lesson. So I'm sorry this is going to be so short, but set boundaries. You know, there needs to be things that you just say, not in our house. <laughs> You know, that music will not be played in our house. That language will not be used in our, in our house. Um, no, your boyfriend will not go into your bedroom with you even with the door open. No, your girlfriend will not go into the bedroom with you even with the door open. No, you will not. There needs to be boundaries to a protect purity and, and, you know, especially at younger ages and as our kids get older, there has to be uh, that scary thing of, letting them gain their independence, and, and, and that's going to include some failures, which none of us ever had, but they probably will. We need to control devices. Uh, be so careful about what our kids are, are being able to see. You know, our, our liberties, uh, you know, the things we watch on TV should never make others feel violated or uncomfortable. There's shows that I think are okay shows that I enjoy watching and they don't affect me in any negative way and I don't watch crazy wild shows, but, but my wife has much more of a sensitivity to any kind of violence and so I'm not gonna watch that uh, on a big screen where, where she can see it. Uh, we should be constantly protecting the the purity of those that we love. Um, 
be pure in your private life. If we're going to be promoting purity in our relationships, then we've got to have pure minds and hearts, and pornography does not fit into that, into that picture. It sets us up for spreading impurity, uh, emotional, mental affairs uh, are not protecting the purity. Rather, it's putting the purity of a marriage relationship in danger. Uh, number four, married couples keep building intimacy through communication. Uh, I've already said this earlier. Uh, communication, it's hard, but we need we need to be talking about every topic. And, you know, an interesting thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 4 and 5, it says that married couples, uh, and this does not pertain to everyone here, uh, married couples, um, you know, it says that we're not to withhold our bodies from each other sexually, that our bodies are no longer our own when the two become one, and that the only time we should deny sex to our partner is maybe for an agreed time to separate, to, to pray, and yet then not extend that time where it says Satan will use that to tempt. Um, protecting the purity uh, of our marriage, that's part of it. Uh, dating, uh, this does not apply to married people. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 to 8, just talks about not defrauding our brothers, not defrauding our sisters, and defrauding, folks, uh, it's all about stirring up some passion in someone that can't be righteously met. And so we have a responsibility in how we dress, in how we touch, in what we suggest, uh, in how we conduct ourselves in every way, not to be stirring up things that are impure that can't be righteously met. How are you conducting yourselves in your dating relationships? Uh, number six, protect your children from negative conversations. Collect, protect the purity of what they receive through your conversations. I, it's alarming sometimes how much adults will talk with their kids in close proximity about things that honestly can be so hurtful in the long run. Diane and I tried to be so careful in how we talk about people in the church about maybe someone that said, you know, did something negative. Uh, man, I wanted them to grow up loving the church and loving the people in the body of Christ. And so very protective of not having those kind of discussions where they could be heard. But that, that's not just about the, talking about the body of Christ. There's just so many things that, I don't know, we act like our, our children can't hear and we need to collect or protect their purity in every area. Uh, your spouse, your family, your friends need you to love them so much that you consistently guard their purity, a purity that Jesus died for, a purity that will be celebrated at a future, future wedding between the church and the Lamb, Jesus Christ. The last one, um, Here's what love does, and, and it says, I love you so I will always stand by you. This is talking about an unbreakable love. 
uh, in verses 31 and 32, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united as one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. And last week we talked about no greater personal relationship bond on the planet uh, greater than the bond between a husband and a wife in marriage. And it's a, a unity viewed by God as being as unbreakable as the unity between Christ and the church. And that gives us great security. We read in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 that, that when we sin, we, we grieve the Holy Spirit. But we are also sealed by the Holy Spirit, and, and that guarantees our salvation on the day of redemption. God doesn't abandon us when we fail. God doesn't abandon us when we sin. And, and so when people that we're in close relationship, our, our spouses, our, our friends, when someone close to us lets us down and, and, and sins, it, it hurts, it angers us, and often it causes us that we want to we wanna run from them, and that's the natural response we would have. Thankfully, Jesus didn't take his natural response or inclination to avoid pain, but, but went to the cross and bore our sins. Uh, we have to be ready to say, I am not going to abandon this person, even though that's my inclination. And then, you know, have you been tempted to separate from a close relationship over hurtful words and actions? Maybe someone broke a promise. Maybe someone let you down. Maybe someone's just plain lazy. They're not holding up their end. Maybe infidel infidelity, and, and you're just having trouble forgiving and being able to move on with the relationship. Maybe, uh, you know, your, your spouse, instead of honoring and respecting you, they demean you, and maybe even in front of others. And, and, and I want to say, ladies especially, I hear so many ladies saying, oh, I want my, my husband to become the spiritual leader of the home and yet they often can undermine that very person they want to become a leader and, and good luck with that ever happening if you're not showing honor or respect but you're undermining them especially around others eventually he will say you're right I will never be a godly man or a spiritual leader um, maybe they put their job before you, and, and, and you're just, you're to the point, you know, I don't know how to respond. How do we respond? And, and there's lots of, of options that, that when we're hurt uh, that we can take, but the greatest outcome will result from you choosing to love with Jesus's unbreakable love. To be able to say within that relationship, know this from the get-go, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to stand by you through this. <laughs> I'm going to be with you through this. I am not going to abandon you through this situation. Not going to be easy, but we're going to get through this. A commitment to love like Jesus, to do relationships that emulate how he loves the church, don't come easy. And so we've got to be honest with ourselves. Do, are we even willing to put forth the effort? Are we willing to put ourselves out in that kind of sacrificial way? And, uh, man, I just want to encourage you to, to say yes to 
to that question. Fortunately for us, Jesus said yes to the hard sacrificial work that was required to restore our relationship with him. Uh, Philippians 2.6, Jesus, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. And a lot of things that keep us from loving like Jesus does and doing what love is supposed to do is there are those things that, that we cling to that keep us from loving like Jesus. Uh, our nat- natural inclination is to cling to things like our independence, uh, our own interests, the, the rights over our own bodies. Uh, you know, we have the tendency to cling to and demand fulfillment for our obsession with our hobby of choice. That hobby means so much to us that we cling to it and we allow it to hinder our relationship. Or maybe it's our season after season sports priorities, always a new team, a new sport uh, in season to root for, and we cling to that at the detriment of building into our children, uh, of building into our spouses. Maybe it's our spending habits, you know, it's my money and I'm going to do with it what I like. Man, finances can cause so much friction within a marriage relationship and we can hang on to that cling to what we feel is our right. Maybe it's our stubborn opinions. I must get my way. Uh, it could be our competitive spirit. I must always win. Um, And I talked earlier, sometimes it's just our hurts. We're unwilling to forgive and move on. We cling to that anger. We cling to that wrong. We cling to that hurt. And and, and we say, it's just not fair. Why should I have to? And, And again, talk to Jesus about what is fair and the decision he made. And so as I conclude here, so much is on the line. So much is on the line. We have the opportunity and responsibility to represent Jesus well, to shout his great causes, and and to point people to him. Jesus has called you, and I encourage you to say yes to all that he is and all that Jesus stands for. And in the process, here's what happens. As you surrender to him, as you follow him, as you do that hard work, your marriage will grow stronger and more intimate in the process. And I assure you, I assure you, you won't regret any of your sacrifices when you one day stand face to face with Jesus. So as the worship team comes up now, I want to just encourage us to think about just the steps that that God, the hard steps, the difficult steps that God wants you to take in your most significant relationships. And what's that going to look like for you? There is just, as you surrender to Jesus, there will never be a moment's regret when we see Jesus face to face. And so as we close today, and as we anticipate that face to face meeting, let's, uh, let's stand together and, and let's take time to express to him our gratefulness for his great sacrifice to rescue us. Would you sing together? You did not wait for me to draw near to you but you clothe yourself with frail humanity you did not wait for me 
cry out to you, but you let me hear your voice calling me, and I'm forever grateful to you. So the leaves, the dying leaves this morning look pretty gloomy. And then the sun broke through and they look brilliant and beautiful. I just encourage you to take the hard steps you need to take. Surrender to Jesus, surrender your relationship to Jesus and allow him to shine his light on you so that your relationship can shine brightly for him. And in that process, you will have a marriage that grows in intimacy. You will have a marriage that brings great hope and satisfaction and fulfillment to you in that process. Do the hard work. Hey, just a reminder, uh, there's a table set up. And uh, uh, Tim Wanger uh, from Joy Bookstore is out there. Great resources for marriage. Check them out. And if you see one that clicks with you, take it home today. God bless you. Uh, have a wonderful week. Next week, Joe Vangeli and Dave Shire have uh, been planning and all excited about bringing some really practical stuff to us next week on relationships. God bless you. See ya.